Welcome to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast, the podcast that guides those looking for a home that expresses their unique lifestyle to release creative DNA into their project and have it completed while keeping the artistic vision alive. Now, here's your architect creative, J.D. Carling. I am here today, and we have a very, very special guest here today, Ben Wynn. Ben is a, I'm going to say kitchen specialist, but also he does unique quality woodwork. He's a part of A and B Cabinets. I'm going to say Tampa, Florida. You're in, what town are you actually in? Actually, Oldsmar, Florida. Uh, Oldsmar, but Tampa area. The greater Tampa area. Yeah. And so one of the reasons I'm really excited to have this guest for you guys today is Ben is a expert at kitchens by apprenticeship, but he is trained with a master's degree in architecture and worked as an architect for many years. So he has a special understanding of what it means to put a kitchen in a home and how architecturally it is designed with the home. And also his wife, Sonia, is an architect as well. So their company, A&B Cabinets, which is a second generation millwork and kitchen firm, has that extra layer of understanding how to make your project successful. And so today we're going to talk about one of the core concepts of the custom home, which really is a kitchen. I don't know if you know this, but really like with zoning and stuff like that, a kitchen is what almost makes a house designated as a house and not just like a building. And so I want to pick his brain about his company today and hopefully get you guys inspired for having a custom home. And then I also just want to mention just recently, Ben really came through for us on our home that was in Parade of Homes and made a custom couch for us with some wood from Estonia that was absolutely beautiful. It was a built-in couch, and I was just so happy that he got me on his schedule because every time I talk to him, he's too busy (laughs) and uh, working for all the luxury home builders in Tampa. So uh, we're here with Ben today, and I've got just a few topics that I'm going to ask him about, and we'll just get the conversation going. So Thank you for everyone listening today. We hope that you are getting yourself in the mood for a kitchen in your custom home. So not just a regular kitchen in your custom home. Go all the way and get down to the details of the heart of the home, which is where you cook and entertain. So Ben, real quick, can you just tell me, I I know I introduced A&B Cabinets, but can you just tell me a little bit about A&B Cabinets? Yep. Thank you, JD, for the introduction. So it's a family business that my father started back in the late 80s, 86. And he started just kind of with the demand actually in Terra Verde, Florida. So there was to townhomes and residential homes. So, mm-hmm. But he started his apprenticeship back in a, oh. a, in a larger cabinet company, yeah. Star Cabinet. Uh, from there, it just developed through the years and w- relationships with, we would work directly with homeowners but also with contractors and now to interior designers with architects. So that has evolved in a way of just providing a need to now providing a design and really thinking through the basics of kitchens and to now making it function specifically to our customers, but also about how it becomes an art piece within the home. Okay. So, so someone's looking for, like you said, like the kitchen is like this artistic part of the home. What problem would somebody run into versus or experience would they have that's different from just having pre-made kitchen cabinets put into the house or just buying a, a builder home? 
Yeah, and I, I like to think about it in two ways. That as simple as that a cabinet is a box mm-hmm. and that it functions, provides a function, but also the other side of it is that how does that how would that serve the homeowner, mm-hmm. serve their family? Yeah. Uh, so when you look at RTA or off the shelf cabinets, they can provide that. But I think they're limited to that. Yeah. Once you get into okay, how does this become a piece that relates to the home and relates yeah. to the owner. It needs a little bit more attention, a little bit yeah. more depth than that, so that we do ask questions and, and it becomes about as simple as, or technical as the color of the cabinet. How do you work around in the space? How does the owner circulate around the, the kitchen? Uh-huh. Then the function will affect that. And are, are you entertaining at this spot? Yeah. Are you cooking and are you a chef? Are you someone who really wants your utensils at this location? Uh-huh. So those kind of details will start telling us a story about how we can approach the design and how we can make it where they we know 10 down 10 years down the road they'll still be happy with their product. I really like that. So I know my design theory is that a building is best produced when you take into account the DNA, which is the desire that the person wants and the nature around the building. And I think for you, of course, there's a lot of there's outdoor kitchens and kitchens that connect with nature, but in some ways, the building itself, the architecture is the nature that the kitchen is going into. And But if you design it early enough, you can also influence that. And then the other part of our process is A, dealing with codes and things like that. Now, you have your own kind of process acronym thing. And so I want to hear a little bit about that because I really like it. Yeah, it's RDM. It's mm-hmm. relation design and making or manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's actually an interesting point that you bring up with the, bringing the design of the kitchen earlier into the architecture. Because mm-hmm. one of the things we're trying to do more is, because when we started, it was mostly manufacturing. But now we're like, we're, we're really asking the question, when does design come in? Yeah. It comes in early and early and earlier, and that increases production time, better scheduling and management. Mm-hmm. So that's really important to us that we've been doing lately, actually yeah. very recently. So relationships important because not only do we want our relationship with our clients to be a good one, mm-hmm. we want their relationship with their, their architecture. And so when, for example, when they sit there and they're looking at their home after they've spent months or years to design it, they look at a piece, whether it's a detail within the architecture or with the millwork and architecture, there's an emotional attachment to it. And so they know that there's something I always bring up that some of the things that we do with the clients, no one else will ever know, but because they're there and it's very personal to them. It's almost like an intimate secret that they have. Oh, we worked on that piece for so many months and we wanted the details just right. I think that commitment and involvement really makes it an heirloom almost. Something that's a piece of furniture that's more than just material and joinery, but there's an emotional connection to it. Yeah, I think what you mentioned, it's like joinery or something like that. Well, there's two things I want to touch on that that you mentioned is one is like, I think the kitchen could be just thought of as they stay the boxes, right? Like you're saying, like, essentially you're making boxes, which you guys make all your own, right? Like actually out of like the three quarter inch plywood, not particle board and stuff like that. So, but then you're shaping it. One of the things that, that we learned in architecture school that is exciting to me, which I think Ben does really well, is the material, when you look at it, it shouldn't communicate that material to you. It should communicate the feeling and the space. Like he was saying, when he's building this relationship with you, you're telling him what feelings you want to have or what you want to do in the kitchen. So 
you're shaping materials into another thing, another organism, and this kitchen's going to function that way. So by having the idea that these, this plywood and these boxes and the different hardware and things that you're putting together are going to be more like an heirloom, I think keeping that in your mindset will give you a stronger product in the end, as opposed to like, hey, here's our kitchen. By the way, over here, I've got this piano or grandfather clock, which is great. But like the place where you've actually done the family interaction through the year, I think is the part that really is like where the memories are made. I think that as I've learned, I think we all connect to nature as Mm -hmm. you brought. And so we understand the material, think universally. We understand the material. And then there's a high awareness of like what is quality. But I think the craftsmanship comes in where the clients know that we've worked with this material and mm. we can mold it in a way that will fit their need. Yeah. And there's that's where that trust comes in. Okay, I know yeah. what a walnut piece of wood or or maple is, yeah. a client, but like, okay, what, as an artist, how do you create that into a, a place where we will function every day yeah. that we can use it and beat it up, but also know that they can depend on it. Yeah. So I think that's, and I think we were talking before, that all kind of, happens in a moment with this piece, whether it's architecture or millwork or even plumbing and electrical work. I think there's a lot of trust in there and that we don't talk about or it's not as obvious, but it's always there. Another thing I've, do you mentioned before is sensitivity to the existing design? Because I'm pretty sure most of the time, once you, the planning of a custom home, there's a lot of stuff that goes with zoning and there's a lot of the schematic design, design development in the kitchen is in there very very early, like the architect starts putting it down. So what feedback could you give me? Because I typically work day-to-day as an architect to help people have that successful connected kitchen. Is there any like early things that you would suggest? Yeah. I, I know there's a ton. but Yeah, no, yeah. I think we're, I was saying earlier that we're trying to introduce design earlier and that means the bones, the structures that you guys provide, the mm-hmm. architects provide, that we get to work. That's really that if the bones aren't good, then the cabinets really follow that. Mm-hmm. So the layout that we start, which yeah. is probably how you start and plan, yeah. if the walls are in a place where it makes the kitchen tight, and this yeah. is very technical and, and very practical too, is yeah. the triangle that everyone knows. I was just like about to sink, ask you, is that sink? like the thing that people... Yeah, still... I mean, we're doing a kitchen now where all the utilities is on one wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really makes it kind of a funny relationship with uh-huh. the space. Yeah. And so it's actually funny that we've been running into this a lot where the architecture is not good mm-hmm. and it limits the way the kitchen can be designed. And it's mm. very frustrating for the client. Yeah. We have a family member that's moving and they're buying a, a very expensive home, Yeah, but there's a triangular island that she does not want, but there's a wall there that's kind of dictating yeah. that. So the fact that we can come back in the early process and talk to the architect or talk to you, yeah. that's very helpful. Or moving things around because most of the time you guys have it blocked off and we can go back and articulate that yeah. more and more. But, I mean, it's important to have the bones. If the bones are wrong, it affects everything else. So What you said about the all the utilities being on one wall or something, and that's like all you had to work with. There was two houses that I worked on, and the one in the middle, they started construction. And this can happen to anybody, but this is a good example of what you're saying. They actually designed the house and got the permit to build it and cleared all the land. And it sat there for months. And so I asked my client, I was like, Hey, what, do you know what's going on with this house? Like, why did it get stuck? Well, the owner decided to hire the interior architect, 
the kitchen team, they didn't have like a whole team at the beginning. They just had architect and the architect was not an integrated solution firm. So they had to redo the whole kitchen and everything on the inside. But the client was smart enough that they were like, hey, before we start building, let's fix this. But it delayed them like six months. And I think that's a good example of what you were saying is you get in there and you're able to help out with the design, then you can avoid letting your land set for six months. Maybe you've already taken out your loan and stuff like that. So you're sacrificing creativity, most likely, and that's also costing you money. And we don't want the people listening to have to go through that. So what you want is when you're starting to think about your home, consider what you're going to be doing for the kitchen. So you either want to make sure your architect is working with, I'm going to say completely custom, but I know that Ben's mentioned like, Sometimes there are products that you'll get that are still not like they're making them. Like you don't make the hinges there, but you're making sure you select the correct ones to go with the doors and you make it. Or you work with a, a firm that's got a good relationship with kitchen fabricator, not just the kitchen designer. So like if you're working with an architect and you're going to bid the house out, you still want to make sure that the design of the kitchen and things like that have input early on. And so that's what I'm happy to present. Ben and AMB cabinets to you guys here today. I think there's nothing new. If you talk to most homeowners, they're trying to avoid the frustrations of construction design process. I mean, I I think that's nothing new, but I think educating, uh, there's a continue, we're learning, the clients are learning. If we can learn together, that's helpful. But I think getting people early in the design helps resolve a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing you mentioned is so you're able to design in a in a format that like the files that you use mm-hmm. can communicate with the architect. And that's another good thing to make sure is like I've seen so many kitchen companies are like we do 3D renderings, but they just pay for this software. And it, it does communicate something to you, but it doesn't allow the architect to pull that design back into the home, which is what you're directly saying is like, I want to help shape the whole organism of the home mm-hmm. so that it functions together. Well, if the design remains outside completely, yep. you may be missing some opportunities to do that. Another thing that just jumped in my head was back to the furniture discussion. I've seen on a few of the the kitchens that you've done that you guys have actually created parts of the kitchen. Like the island will have like legs on it and there's built-in pieces on the end, which give it more of that like furniture or intimate scale feel because those legs are are smaller. Is that something you guys are still pursuing or is there any other type of thing that you guys have been working on that's interesting? Yeah, I think when a lot of times when we meet clients, they will come to us with an idea, Yeah. right? And with the background in architecture, one of the architecture designers that I, I remember was Carlos Scarpa. Mm-hmm. And one of the coolest stories I heard about him is that he had designed a piece of stone to lay flat. Yeah. And he went out there and he said, no, stand it up. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's nothing that we've done that hasn't been done yet. Yeah. But we were in a space recently mm-hmm. and we decided to go with, we we're debating between one island, two islands. Yeah. And we said, okay, let's do two islands. And then we decided, okay, then one island could be the working island. The other yeah. one could be have seating because of how the space was working. Yeah. To use one island to change the function of the space, more for entertaining, mm-hmm. one is more kind of functioning back to the kitchen. Yeah. Those kind of details comes back to 
communicating with the architect, yeah. understanding that one of the things we talked about before is like when you are a custom builder, you can see a piece of cabinet and go, this can function differently in your space. Yeah. Yes, we can have two islands, but, or is it one island? Why do we have one island or two yeah. islands? Because we're trying to architecturally define the space yeah. from one or the other. Even though it's the same space, by having that element, yeah. it really changes it. So one part, it is knowing all the accessories that are available mm -hmm. with a cabinet company, but how to apply that with the architecture that's yeah. there and make it function so that it can satisfy both both things, like the yeah. function and the beauty and the piece of art and all that. So I think that's the experience that we can bring and thinking outside the box going, yeah. oh yeah, this is, yeah, you want legs? Why do you want legs? Yeah. Oh, do you want that island to function different? Do you want the space? How do you know this is a living room or a kitchen? That, yeah, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, That's good because I know it's like once you design an island and it gets over a certain length, mm -hmm. it actually kind of impedes the flow of the space. Yeah. So if you get over that certain amount and you are going to be using it for two things, you can, you're able to like designate like this zone and that zone or something. So that's a cool way to do that. Mm -hmm. So real quick, cause we're getting close to the end of our time here. What is a pitfall or something that you would want people to avoid? I know you've touched on making sure you start early and you've also mentioned making sure it's integrated with the architecture, which I'm 100% on board with. Maybe we've already talked about that. Is there any other thing? Well, that you I think, think that like, and sounds simple, that like making decisions, right? I know it's when you're doing something like this, that is very valuable. It takes commitment, not only big picture, but within yeah. the steps. Yeah. So like, it's okay to make a decision. It could be wrong, but you can adjust that decision as you go yeah I, I think the earlier you know the, of course the quicker you yep. can identify the changes yeah. too so that's a good point it's like yeah. if you're like oh we can figure it out at the end that's you're missing that but if you mm -hmm. do it early you can also earlier decide wait a minute i don't really like that and have a chance to adjust it before you've built half the yeah. thing and then yeah that's that's a really good point when the kitchen's all designed and stuff like that what is like the main thing you want the person to have for that home what is the big success for them by going with this custom kitchen in a custom home? I think it needs to function well, but it's taken, I think design can sometimes feel like a luxury, mm -hmm. but we want every client, it varies, but we want them to sit in that space and really love it. Yeah. To look at it and really feel like it's a piece of art. I remember one of our professors said that, Louis Kahn said that the thing that was different from architecture versus art was like, mm -hmm. you're in it, you live, you're living yeah. the art. And so like, we just actually redid our kitchen mm -hmm. and now I feel like I never want to part ways with it because yeah. it's, it's something that like, wow, we, we put our heart and soul into it sure. and clients get that opportunity because they really work with us. Yeah. So it's not only relationship person to person, but to the design and to the space yeah. and to everything. So you sit there and you really fall in love with it. And so that's the goal. There are many ways to get there, but that's, that's the yeah. goal to really love that. I space. like that. So the success is you put your heart and soul into it. Then it's the heart of the home. I think it was any Frank Lloyd Wright fanatics out there are going to tear me apart on this. But I think like his idea in Chicago when he started doing the house is that there's like this hearth or like the center of the, the home. And I think it was focused on different things at the time. But today, especially with everybody wanting open concept for the most part right now, that that is like the core element that has of the home. Like I always talk about the home that you're creating. That's the backdrop of, of your life. Like kid's going to go to prom and you're going to be getting ready and take your photos there or like kitchen, your family member's sick and you're going to make them soup on the stove. Like it, you're creating like this stage or backdrop to your life. And the kitchen is really 
the core core element of that. And so that's something that you want to pay as much attention to. I did an episode, you, you mentioned luxury and like design is a luxury. I put that on there, but I, I think that is the case. Like a lot of people think luxury is like, hey, I got a great, if I get the terminology wrong, you can tell me, but like I got a grade one quartz countertop versus grade three or grade A versus grade B. And I agree that like that can be nice. But to me, the luxury that I would offer that you could even save more money on is putting time into the design like you're mentioning because you may not be focusing so much on, hey, I need the most expensive countertop. You really want to give the most to the people that are getting intimate with like, hey, if we put this pullout here, you'll be able to get to your cookie sheets quicker. And that seems super nuanced. But that whole exchange is going to be done in a certain way where the handles feel a certain way when you move through the house. And and we didn't even get into, I've been doing virtual reality with yeah. people and stuff like that, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. or like taping out the kitchen yeah, on the sure. floor. But the more time you give to those things, you can really have a successful experience. So, okay, well, we went a little bit over. I'm super excited that Ben and I have known each other for about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And so whenever uh, we have a time to connect, it's really exciting. I hope that you guys got inspired for a custom kitchen in a custom home today and that you'll join us next week. Ben, where can people contact you? You can contact me with ambcabinets.com and my email is my first name, B-I-N-H at ambcabinets.com. Is it spelled out A-N-D? Yes, sorry. Okay. The word and is spelled out. Okay, A-N-D. so A-N-D-B-cabinets.com. Cool. Awesome. And, Thank yep. you, Jenny. See you guys next time. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast. If you are ready to start your journey of a lifetime designing and building a custom home or project, sign up for a free consultation at ca-rd.com today. We look forward to the journey together and making something unique for you and your family. If you have any topics you want to discuss or questions about your custom home design for future episodes, send us a message via our website, ca-rd.com. And again, join us next time for another episode of the Card Custom Home and Architecture Podcast.